It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it has all come down to this. A big monster Football Friday with the biggest game of the season ahead. The Titans control their own fate. Who knows what version of the Houston Texans the Titans will come up against. Either way, they need to handle their business, control what they can control, and punch their ticket for the playoffs. Speaking of playoffs, this game is essentially a playoff game in week 17, win and you're in. And in that spirit, I am going to bring it on the show today for you with a jam-packed four-segment podcast. We are going to start with our typical first segment, a game preview. I'm going to give you my keys to the game, the key players to the game, and how I think the Titans need to pull out a victory against the Texans. In segments two and three, we are going to have John and Cody from Locked on Texans back on the show for our crossover conversation. Could not leave that out for you guys for the week. Appreciate you hanging with me during the holidays as schedules are a little crazy, but they are here and we had an excellent conversation in segments two and three with them. In our final segment, I am just going to remind you guys exactly what we are rooting for. I know I know the Titans need to win, win. That's what we all want, but you never know what's going to happen. So I want to make sure we talk about the other games in the NFL that could have an impact on the Titans playoff chances. So like I said, a huge monstrous four segment playoff style locked on Titans edition. I am ready to jump into all of it with you guys. Let's get it. Tennessee Titans lead story another win and in week 17 playoff game for our Tennessee Titans let's jump into our game preview my keys to the game in terms of the game plan on offense and defense are very very simple I'm going to keep it simple as the Titans should why did the Titans sit out Derrick Henry week 16 against the Saints To get him ready for this matchup because this is for all the marbles. Anybody can rest after week 17 if the Titans don't win. What does it matter what kind of health you're in? If you can physically play, if you can actually go out there and play, then you got to play this game. That's all it comes down to. Derrick Henry has said at practice this week he is ready to go, having Sunday off, made him healthier. He is in better shape than he would have been if he would have played last week and when he played the Texans the week before that. So, Titans, run the ball. The Titans are sixth best in the NFL right now, averaging over 130 yards on the ground a game. They were not able to do that last week for obvious reasons. They need to get back to it here. No questions asked. Derrick Henry needs to get the ball over 20 times at minimum. 
ride him. Any situation that he can be used in needs to be, that's throwing screens, get him out there in pass protection, run the ball to him. This is the best player on the team. This is the foundation of the team, the foundation of the offense. Right now is not the time to get cute. Run the ball. Derrick Henry should be the focal point of the offense, of the team, no questions asked, regardless of what the version of the Texans the Titans get. The game plan on offense should not be affected by who the Texans play in the game. Now, on defense, obviously with the personnel that the Texans have, those things can get a little shaky. If you're not going up against Deshaun Watson, you're not going up against DeAndre Hopkins, obviously you can do things a little bit different. But no matter what they do against the passing game, whether Watson and Hopkins play, whether Tunsil, the left tackle, plays, doesn't matter. The Titans have to stop the run. The Titans gave up over 100 yards to Carlos Hyde in Week 15, and that was one of my keys to the game then. If you do that, then their offense is going to be unstoppable. And by the time the fourth quarter came around, the Titans had been beaten down a little bit by the run. They weren't as fresh. They weren't able to get off the field as much because the Texans were able to sustain runs. Hyde even had a long touchdown run for over 10 yards. Those are the type of things that are going to break this defense when they have to go up against talent on the offensive side of the ball like Hopkins and Watson. If you allow Hyde in the running game to become a factor too, well now you're really going to have a tough time. And I'll tell you, even if the Texans do sit out their top players, they're still going to try to run the ball. It's not like every starter, all 22 starters can be inactive. That's not how it works. They're going to have starters out there. Now they may sit out the Tunsil, the Watson, the Hopkins, maybe uh, McKinney and Joseph on the other side of the ball. Watt is definitely sitting out. They're going to sit out some key players but they're not going to sit out everybody. And I can tell you that if the Texans do go ahead and sit out Watkin, um, you know, Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, if they do sit out those guys combined with left tackle Laramie Tunsil, well, they're not going to come out and throw the ball like they normally would. They're just going to try to run the ball. That's what anybody would do if they weren't playing with their starting quarterback, right? That's what we've seen the Titans do with their starting quarterback for years. Try to run the ball down people's throats, make easy throws. That's instantly what the Texans are going to go to philosophy-wise on offense. So the Titans are going to have to stop the run no matter what version of the Texans they see, and they're going to have to run the ball no matter what version of the Texans they see. Now, as for the key players, Derrick Henry, no questions asked. 1,300 yards this year, 13 touchdowns. I expect him to get two touchdowns in this game just to assert his dominance. A.J. Brown, 927 receiving yards. I want him to get over 1,000 and secure that Rookie of the Year spot. So get A.J. Brown over 1,000 yards. It's only going to take about 73. He should have more than that for the sake of the offense, score him a touchdown. And finally, the last key player to the game, Harold Landry. He's got nine sacks this year. If he's going up against a backup offensive tackle because Laramie Tunsil is out, and we need Harold Landry to get the double digits and sacks and get his 10. That is going to do it for our game preview. Let's get into our injury report update before we jump into our second segment and our crossover conversation. 
Unfortunately, on Thursday, Adam Humphreys, Adoree Jackson, and Khalif Raymond did not practice. It's looking like they're probably not going to be able to play, contrary to what you know was beliefs previously. Harold Landry did not practice either, but it was not injury-related, so I'm going to choose not to be concerned about that. Uh, Cody Hollister, wide receiver, was limited. Darren Bates, Corey Davis, Derek Henry, and Jeffrey Simmons were all full participants. Typically, at this moment in time, I would tell you about the Texans injury report, but since we have really no idea what you know, Bill O'Brien's going to choose to do based on the Chiefs game or whatever his decision-making factors are going to be. Since we really have no idea what he's going to do, it doesn't seem like it's going to give us any valuable information whatsoever. Anyways, we're just going to have to wait and see who the inactives are for the Texans on Sunday after that Chiefs game at 1 o'clock probably wraps up. But we'll talk about that more in our final segment. So let's go ahead and jump into our conversation with Cody and John from the Locked On Houston Texans podcast. We talked to them a couple weeks ago before the Week 15 matchup. So going to get them in here. In the first segment, I just asked them their thoughts on what the Texans should do and their potential matchups going forward since you know we've kind of hashed out everything and we're not really certain who we're going to see out there from then. And then in our third segment, they asked me some questions about the Titans players that they're worried about and you know what this kind of means for the Titans going forward. So really good conversation with them, lengthy conversation. Hopefully you guys enjoy. After that, I will come back to you guys, and we will do a little song of the AFC South playoff picture preview, but we'll just focus on the three matchups that really matter to the Titans' playoff chances. Welcome to our crossover conversation with the hosts of the Locked on Texans. We are here with Cody and John. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland of the Locked on Titans podcast. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good, doing great. I hope everybody has had a very Merry Christmas. And of course, we want you guys to have a happy new year. John, some sports guy here with you just getting back from Denver. How are you doing, Cody? I'm doing well, man. Doing very, very good. I um, had a really fun Christmas, and um, I hope. How was your Christmas, by the way? Uh, my Christmas was great. Uh, very relaxed, which is which is a nice change for once. So I uh, didn't have you know a whole lot of long distance traveling, a lot of local traveling, and things like that. But all the destinations seem to be very relaxed, and that's all I can ask for with a very stressful football game coming up this weekend. <laughs> Well, at least stressful stressful. for my side. You know what I mean? You guys seem to be in an okay space. Well, I'll say this. It is a very stressful Sunday for a lot of teams. You guys, the Steelers, Mm -hmm. Oakland has a chance, you know. uh, So many different scenarios, and that's just for the guys that want to get in. Now, we've solidified our spot here in Houston but there is a chance that we could get the third seed move up from four, which will help us out and determine who we'll play. So Sunday is it, it's the Sunday is big for teams that are in the Chase Young run, right? Yeah. You don't want to lose your positioning. Uh, I think after the Bengals go Joe Burrow, the Giants are in the mix. You can look at the Dolphins or the Redskins. The yeah. Redskins are in the mix. I think they desperately need to add to that young defensive line with Absolutely. Payne and Allen. So there's a lot of implications on Sunday. But in the AFC South, with here in Houston, you know, the Tennessee Titans, 
the Titans desperately want to get in. And I would rather see the Titans get in right now because, listen, Tannehill has been balling, playing his ass off. And I don't think nobody else really deserves a shot outside of this Tennessee Titans team's uh, team who, for the last couple of years, how many times are we saying at the end of the year, week 17, week 16, well, they have a shot to get in? Well, that's I what nine and seven, four years in a row will get you. Here's my question for you guys, though, because I, I kind of want to hit on on that. You're talking about, you know, you want to see the Titans in, and I agree from just a football-watching perspective. I said that on my show. I'm not certain how anybody could feel different, but from your guys' perspective, like you said, there's a lot to play for on Sunday. The Texans could move up to the third seed, which would give them home field advantage over the Chiefs, who are a very good team. Here's a, a question for you guys since you're in the playoffs. This game really doesn't matter too much to you guys, and that's kind of what I want to figure out. Uh, Cody, John, both of you can take you know turns answering this question. Do you care if the Chiefs win? Like if the Chiefs happen to lose and you can get the third seed, would you rather rest your guys that are beat up, your important guys that are beat up, and just you know get in the playoffs? Who cares about four or three? You don't get a bye, you you know anything like that. Or if the Chiefs lose, do you want them to put the starters out there and try to get that third seed? How do you guys feel about that? Win or lose, I do not want to see our starters out there on the field. And I only say that due to the fact that you know the history of the Houston Texans. This has been a team that has been bothered by injuries for years and years and years. You saw it last Saturday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Deshaun Watson was grabbing at the back of his his ankle. We don't know if it was a killing injuries or, or, was, or was it a ankle injury. This should be a week, win or lose. It doesn't matter what goes on in Kansas City game, in the Kansas City game. Bill O'Brien should rest all of his starters, especially J.J. Watt. Now, you, you heard the news that Watt is coming back. He's back. I would say maybe not too much rest him. Let him get a couple rest so he can rep so he can get, you know, his win back out on the field. But this is a game, you know, win or lose, we're not going to get the bye. So that really doesn't matter. Like, what? It's it's like to me it's kind of like a huge risk if you go out there and have Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Stills, um, Laramie Tunsil, um, even even guys on the defensive side of the balls like 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 a like a Jonathan Joseph, a guy who at his age can really use some rest. You know, I just feel like in order for the Texans, and we know how important it is for them to advance to the next round finally after I don't know how many years this should be a this should be a game you sit those guys down and just do not worry about a win or a loss because at the end of the day you're not going to get the you're not going to get the first round by and you know what difference does it make if you're the third seed or the fourth seed I mean you, at the end of the day you, you're still going to have a tough playoff matchup yeah, Tyler, I'm I'm definitely on the other side of that simply because the Houston Texans, especially this year, are notorious for having issues with getting into rhythm. Uh, and we know there's already been, you know, they came out the reports, J.J. White, he won't play, that they're going to take him off slowly but surely and get him prepared for the playoffs. So he's designated and brought back specifically for the playoffs. We've had issues with Watson getting into rhythm in offense. We've had issues with the defense solidifying themselves early on. I don't want to see this team who has, you know, throughout the entire course of this year came into games 
rusty, even with coming off a high big win of the previous week. Coming into games lackadaisical, lethargic, and rusty. I don't want to see that for the playoffs. So to keep them warm, to keep the juices flowing, at least for the first half. Is If the game is already out of put or, you know, if it doesn't matter what happens regardless, then, okay, go ahead and start pulling starters. Get Watson out. Use A.J. McCarron. Go ahead and start using some of your backup receivers. That way you'll know if something happens uh, in the playoffs where a receiver goes down or Will Fuller, we, we still don't know about what he's going to be able to do, if he's going to be able to play. Then that way you'll have a little bit more trust out with some of the guys on the field when they're not out there with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I personally think that there should be some playing time regardless of what happens Sunday. Yeah, I, I definitely understand where you guys are at there. It's a, it's a tough decision that the coaches have to make. Uh, I understand both sides of it. I'm, I'm kind of taking a look at the injury report here. You know, some of the guys you mentioned, Tunsil, Stills, Watson, Hopkins, Bradley Roby, uh, some of those guys out there. Is there anybody, I know you guys feel differently on this situation, but is there anybody you agree on that should sit the entire game because they're too banged up, or is it anybody who's ready to go should, should get a couple of snaps or, or none if you feel like Cody feels? Well, if there, if there would be any person to get some rest, and I mean any type of rest, then it should be J. Joe. When we played you guys a couple weeks ago, we saw what A.J. Brown was able to do, right? Like completely blow past him for a big catch. Yep. J. Joe would be one of the guys that I would rest. Bernardrick McKinney coming off concussion protocol, he's expected to play. I think that if he's not going to be completely ruled out of the game just for – caution reasons, then I think he should only play a few snaps. That's what I'm looking at and just giving some guys the time to play. But I think Jonathan Joseph is the one lock that should just miss the entire game and get rest. Yeah, yeah, that I mean, that makes sense. Well, one thing that we, I guess, talked about just a second ago before we jumped on the air is the possibility and how it would shake out for the Titans to play the Texans again in the first round of the playoffs. It would take four separate losses, the Titans losing, the Chiefs losing, the Steelers losing, and the Colts losing. Uh, how would you guys feel? Uh, would you feel confident if you had to play the Titans in week three, beating them twice, or would you be worried about that? It's hard to beat a team three times rule. What, or how confident would you feel or not confident would you feel if the Titans and Texans matched up again at the beginning of the playoffs? I think it really depends on which version of the teams we're getting. Now, despite the last two losses in a row, the Titans have to the Houston Texans and the Saints, which for a minute there, I thought they was going to pull that game out against the Saints. Both teams played phenomenal. I think it really depends on which version of the team you get. If you're going to get the team that the Houston Texans were when they played the Patriots, when they played the Chiefs, when they played Atlanta, then no, I'm not worried. However, that has not been the case as much as the Texans just playing bad teams and being a little bit better than those bad teams, like the two Jacksonville games, like right. the San Diego game, which was still a phenomenal game on the offensive part. However, it just wasn't as explosive. What I'm getting at is I would rather not play the Tennessee Titans. They have a formula that can beat us. I'm going into this game Sunday. I think the Titans win this game. Derrick Henry's going to be back. He's ready to play. Ryan Tannehill, despite the last two losses, he's been playing phenomenal still. 
and we know how our 28-ranked passing defense is set up, it's not good. Tannehill has been finding so much success with these young receivers, and two games in a row, we have to play Week 17, and then again in the playoffs, I don't trust that defense even with the extra time, even with yeah. the scouting report, even with everything that comes with it to stop this Titans team back-to-back weeks. Well, I understand completely where you're coming from there, and, and that leads me into kind of my last question for you guys for, for this part of our conversation. Cody, just wondering, the way things are expected to shake out, I know we're talking about if they were to play again, that's definitely the more unlikely scenario, but the way the most likely scenario here is that the Titans find a way to win against, you know, maybe a, a patch together Texans lineup, and then the Texans will end up securing the four seed, and the Bills are locked in at the five seed. I guess we may not get a chance to talk to you guys again. Hopefully we do in a in a playoff matchup down the road. But if things shake out as expected, how do you feel, Cody, about your matchup against the Buffalo Bills in, in the opening round of uh, Wild Card Weekend? Um, well, once again, it, it just goes back to what version of the Houston Texans that we're getting because it's really just been a Jacqueline Hyde situation when you talk about the Houston Texans in 2019. If you look at the if, – if, if we get the Texans that play well against the New England Patriots, against the Kansas City Chiefs, and, and even against the New Orleans Saints despite the loss, then I'll feel comfortable with the Texans – chances of playing against anybody, rather it be the Bills, rather they be you guys, or I would say everyone except for, for Baltimore Ravens. That's a whole another different type of monster right there. But it, it it just all depends on what version of the Houston Texans that we are getting. And you know, at that and at this stage of the at this stage of the season, we still don't know. I will say this, Tyler, the Buffalo Bills would be maybe an even more difficult matchup than the Tennessee Titans because how tremendous that defense is playing. Mm-hmm. Trendavious White, the front seven for the Buffalo Bills, Ed Oliver, who's they, they're they using him slowly but surely, bringing him on throughout the year. And as of late, he's just been dominant. That Buffalo Bills defense has really won them games. Very similar to the defense of the Patriots. Not as maybe shiny. They don't have a Stephen Gilmore, uh, but I ain't. I understand, but they're getting stops and they're allowing their young quarterback, Josh Allen, to not necessarily lose them games. And there's been times where he's played better than I would have expected, close to spectacular. The way they run the ball, the way they stop teams, get them off the field with their defense, and the way that they strategize around Josh Allen to make plays whenever he needs to make plays, like that big throw against the Patriots. You know, if they they Sean McDermott should really be in conversation for Coach of the Year. I think it's far gone that it's going to be Shanahan or Harbaugh. I get it. And I even believe that with playing with three quarterbacks in Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin should really have his name in the hat. But we should not overlook what Sean McDermott has done with a, I would say, an old backfield and really centering his quarterback around what they want him to do, allowing his quarterback to use his talents, which he's been doing his entire life. Sean McDermott has his team in the playoffs. It's the best Bills team we have seen since a long time. they ran Houston off after being down 35-3. Yep. They're a yep. very good football team. Yeah. And that would be a scary play. 
And if you get Josh Allen on a day when he's consistently making throws, they're they're pretty difficult to beat with the athleticism he brings and then the talent on the defensive side of the ball. So I understand your concerns going against Buffalo. Well, that kind of is going to wrap up this portion of the segment where I'm asking John and Cody questions about the Texans. This is a crossover event here on a holiday week with Locked On Titans and Locked On Texans. We are going to jump into the second part of our conversation where those guys are asking me some questions about the Titans. So we will get you on the other side. Well, we hope everybody had a great Christmas. Happy holidays with your family. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Thank you for taking the time out to listen to another EP of Locked On Texans, Locked On Titans. We do the crossover show the second time in three weeks. We had to play the Titans to go win. Had the craziest game versus the Buccaneers, which is probably the worst exciting game or the the most exciting worst game I've ever seen in a long time. (laughs) Jameis Winston has that effect on things. Yeah, and I was I was mesmerized. I was hooked. I could not move away from the TV, especially in the first half. The second half was pretty much like very boring. However, we definitely want to let you guys know about breaking tea. And now, if you're still looking for last-minute fun sports gifts for the holidays, go to BreakingTea.com backslash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to BreakingTea.com backslash locked on, and then feel free to search the website for great shirts and fun sports gifts. Maybe too late now, but however, the New Year's is around the corner. And if you know a Dallas Cowboy fan, you may want to give them a little bit something extra. Or whatever they're doing with John and Dallas. Help them out. Give them something to cheer for. Now, Tyler, going into Sunday's game, very important game. A lot on the line. But what I want to ask you about is what's even more on the line for the future, and that's Ryan Tannehill and the future of the relationship with the Titans. Now, if he goes into this game and he balls out, gets them to the playoffs, what was that? I'm sorry. What would that say about his expected future with this team? I I think that'll just put a stamp on what's already been an incredibly impressive performance. So here's the thing: even when the Titans lost two games in a row to the Texans and the Saints after that, you know, hot streak, it wasn't because Tannehill regressed and started playing bad all of a sudden. It's because the defense isn't holding up their end of the bargain all of a sudden. So. Ryan Tannehill is the reason that we've been in a lot of these games. I mean, we were beating the Saints, like you guys mentioned, and we were putting up a really good fight against the Saints team that, in my opinion, is a tier above the Titans, no matter what happens this weekend. If the Titans make it to the playoffs, beat the Chiefs, whatever, the Saints are a tier above what kind of team the Titans are because of the talent that they have on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they have, like, Hall of Fame talent right now. So the Titans were hanging in there without Derrick Henry, who's the foundation of the entire team. And it was because Tannehill was just making plays. Some of it was off script. Uh, A couple touchdowns to Tajay Sharp. Primary read was taken over. Tannehill just bought a little bit of time and then found a guy in the end zone. Just he's making plays. He's really playing incredible. And I think at first I was a little worried whether it was real or not, or if he was just catching a hot streak, but it seems like he just has a really good handle on this offense and he feels comfortable with this team. And he's in a good spot in terms of the environment he's in, in the community and within the building. 
And I, I kind of believe that he can maintain a good enough level to keep this going for a few years at least. Uh, you know, we could consider drafting a quarterback after next season when there's a pretty talented crop there. But I, I like I kind of have been thinking the last few weeks, I'm expecting a two- to three-year extension for Tannehill, about 23 to $26 million a year. And at this point, he's earned it. Now, if he comes out and plays absolutely terrible against the Texans' JV team and the Titans can't make the playoffs – then we're going to have flashbacks to Blaine Gabbert. And then that might drop the the years or drop the value a little bit just because it'll sting so bad. But uh, if things go according to plan and the Titans can beat a, you know, kind of a resting Texans team and make the playoffs, regardless of what happens in the playoffs, I think he's stamped uh, his performance and, and earned the contract that he's going to get from this team. But there's one guy I know that's going to be a part of y'all future for a long time, and that guy is Derrick Henry. Now, he as 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 you mentioned, he did not play against the New Orleans Saints, but um, you know, looking back at the last um five games, four of the last five games, he has ran for over a hundred yards. So, can you just provide us with an update? You know, I, we we all know that he's going to be playing on Sunday in Houston, which I think they gave him that extra rest so he could be fresh in Houston for this final game of the season. But can you just provide us with an update on what or what we can expect from Derrick Henry? Because we know he's not going to be 100%, but what kind of problems can he still create for a Houston Texans defense who, like we mentioned, might be resting? Well, here's what I will say. The last time the Texans and the Titans played, Derrick Henry rushed for 86 yards, and there was one play where he broke loose, and it was obvious, at least to me, from watching – you know, every game multiple times this year, it was obvious to me that he wasn't running anywhere close to full speed. And all I can say is he ran for 86 yards and he's healthier now than he was during that game. So I'm expecting a big performance out of Derrick Henry. And he's one of those guys, man, he loves to ball. And I think those are your favorite players as most fans, you know, tend to find themselves gravitating to people who just love playing football. And you can tell, and Derrick Henry is one of those guys, you literally got to drag him off the field. I think you could see in his facial expression last week on the bench, he's just dejected and feels like he's letting down his brothers when he doesn't play, even though it was a team decision. You could still see how dejected he was. and I think he's going to come out with his hair on fire, hopefully not literally because I like his hair, but uh, I think he's going <laughs> to come out and just play really well, uh, put the team on his back, and, and make sure that they get to the playoffs regardless of what happens anywhere else. And He said that he's good to go, that sitting out a week helped him, He's like you said, he's probably not going to be 100%, but I even think, you know, 90% Derrick Henry is still better than most running backs in the league. And like you said, I hope he is a part of a long future with the Titans. Bleacher Report did rank him their number one free agent running back this year, which I think is kind of a slam dunk anyway. But um, I, I can't imagine that they would let him go. I don't see how that would sit anywhere uh, near well with the fan base after this performance that he's put up. So hopefully he comes out, puts the team on his back like he has all year, gets them to the playoffs, and then is rewarded in the offseason after his first Pro Bowl with a nice big contract. So I, and what I'm concerned about, only for you guys, is just how bad this passing defense has been for the most part of the year, right? Right now, yeah, the, the, the back half rank, for sure. We're at number 30 currently now after being at 28. Right now the Titans are at 24. And they're also allowing 260 yards per game through the air. Uh, one of the worst secondaries in the league. And that's what a young cornerback of Dory Jackson, Michael Markham Butler has been out. He's been dealing with an injury for a while now. 
going into Sunday's game, we know it's going to be a factor. How much of a factor are you expecting this secondary to be, whether it's detrimental to winning the game, to losing the game, or winning the game? Well, I think the biggest issue that the Titans run into with the – it's going to be a problem when your players get hurt, your starters get hurt. Now, Malcolm Butler's been out since I believe it was week nine. It was the Carolina Panthers game. He broke his arm late in the game. And having a physical veteran like that to match up against the best wide receivers in the league because Malcolm Butler, like he had an excellent game against Julio Jones, limited to four catches, 52 yards. He was the guy we stuck on the DeAndre Hopkins, the Julio Jones, the Michael Thomas, because he would get physical with them at the line of scrimmage. And that's something that any wide receiver, if you can get physical with them at the line on their releases, that's going to be an issue for him. So losing him was a big factor because Adoree Jackson has actually been very good when he was healthy this season and sticking him on the second best wide receiver. Now we're really looking at something and that's when the Titans defense was dominant early in the season. But as the injury started to pile up, you lose Malcolm Butler to a broken arm going on IR. Then Adoree Jackson has knee foot issues and he's in and out of games for the most part in the second half of the season. Hasn't played in a few weeks. Now what you're looking at is Logan Ryan plays in the slot at all times. Now, he's a great slot corner, but he's not going to be a guy who succeeds on the outside a lot. And we saw him get beat against Michael Thomas, against DeAndre Hopkins, like a drum, quite frankly, throughout most of those games when matched up one-on-one. That's just not his game. So now you're asking people to do stuff out of position. So then you're like, okay, we got to leave Logan Ryan in the slot because he doesn't do as well outside. He's more comfortable in the slot. That's what he is an all-pro at. Now you're having LaShawn Sims, the fourth cornerback at the outside, and Ty Smith, who's been on the practice squad for a lot of the year, the fifth cornerback on the other outside. Well, then LaShawn Sims got hurt. And now you're claiming Tremaine Brock off waivers. So you have your fifth and sixth corner out there. Kareem Orr got some rotation in throughout the year, a seventh cornerback from the practice squad. And the Titans are a complex disguise defense they like to disguise coverage show man go zone bring pressures from unexpected places corners linebackers safeties outside corners all this you can't do those things when you have practice squad players in there and guys you claimed off waivers two weeks ago because those are complex they require chemistry understanding of the scheme and comfortability with the people around you in the playbook you don't have that so it limits what you can do and when you're somebody like the titans who don't get a lot of pressure from the front four, well, you rely on those types of coverages and blitzes and those concepts to manufacture pressure for you. Well, now you can't. You got to play man. You got to play cover two. You got to play basic coverages that all of these cornerbacks know and can execute on a decent level. And it just limits your playbook. And then you get yourself in a position with some bad matchups, the Saints, the Texans, the Chiefs. Well, now you're going to get roasted. So basically the last half of the season, they've been one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL at the beginning they were one of the best with one of the best secondaries but Adoree Jackson is back at practice hope hoping that he will be able to play in the game and I think just having him back and letting everybody kind of slide into a more natural position will be more fruitful than just the return of one person it'll almost be like the return of two because people are sliding back into more natural position so Adoree Jackson has been pretty good for most of the year, excited about his potential and having him back will be a huge boost to this team, no matter what version of the Texans we get. You know, the back half of the season, the Tennessee Titans has been one of the hottest teams in the league. Um, but but when, when you talk about the Titans' re- recent success 
you 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 only hear about Ryan Tannehill and, and, and Derrick Henry, but there's a guy I've been keeping my eye on, and that guy's A.J. Brown. Um, how big has A.J. Brown been in the resurgence of the Titans? You know, just looking over his over just looking over his numbers, he has recorded over a hundred reception yards three out of the last five games. So how big has he been, especially with this being his rookie season? I mean, a rookie wide receiver for the so as you guys may know, I know that you're Texans fans, but the Titans have never had a good receiver. Like we, uh, well, great receiver. Like Derek Mason was pretty good. Kevin Dyson was pretty good. I mean, Nate Washington was pretty good. We've had some decent guys. Nobody that really stands out or was a great receiver. So having somebody like A.J. Brown do this as a rookie, 48 catches, 927 yards, seven touchdowns, had a long rushing touchdown last week for an eighth total touchdown. I mean, I don't even know what my eyes are seeing half the time because it's so <laughs> unbelievable. And it's it's even more funny because this is what we expected from Corey Davis as a number mm-hmm. five pick. Like this is what we wanted from Corey Davis. But the reality is he doesn't have the after-catch skills that A.J. Brown does, the speed, the quickness, the movement. He's a good route runner with strong hands and good, you know, can jump up and get balls, but he's not going to take a five-yard slant to the house for 90 yards like A.J. Brown is going to. He just has a different type of swagger about him. One thing that uh, John Robinson mentioned and something that I as a fan had been hoping for a little more, the Titans have a bunch of good guys in the locker room. Not saying that A.J. Brown isn't, but we need a little bit more dogs. And it's not even about being a bad guy. It's about being a little cocky, having a little swagger, some moxie, you know what I mean? Those type of things. The Titans don't have a lot of guys that are going to get in your face and tell you, yeah, I just made that catch first down. Like, I think you need that in sports and you need that in football, especially you need like a little intimidation, a little cockiness. You need that. And the Titans didn't have enough of that. So AJ Brown, not only has given them a, a dynamic threat in the passing game that is doesn't rely on a quarterback to bomb it all the time. He can catch a five, seven, 10, 15 yard dig and then take it to the house. And the Titans offense needed that sort of explosion to be the type of offense that they've become. You see that in all the good offenses around the NFL. The Titans finally got that threat, and it's not just him on the field and his production. His attitude, his swagger, and his personality and demeanor on the field has given the Titans literally exactly what they needed from a personality standpoint as well. So he has been a blessing. I think that if he comes out and has over 100 yards and a touchdown and the Titans win this game, he's the rookie of the year. I know other guys have a good case for it, Kyler Murray, Josh Jacobs, but they all have flaws. And I think that as a rookie wide receiver in this offense and the Titans making this playoff push and how integral he has been to that push and that hot streak, He's the rookie of the year. So if he goes for a hundred and a touchdown, uh, expect me to be uh, making a huge case on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans <laughs> for him being the rookie of the year. But yeah, he's, he's incredible. I, I could gush about him for 30 minutes, but yeah, watch out for him. Tony Romo said on the broadcast this week, he's already one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. People just don't know it yet. And, and I agree he's coming. So he's only going to get better. And I 100% agree with you because when we played against you guys, um, I think it was like two weeks ago, he lit us up for 114 yards only mm-hmm. off of eight catches. Ooh. And did this guy, uh, I agree with you, he should be the offensive rookie of the year yes. in the NFL this season. And depending on who we're going to have on the field or who we might not have on the field, I'm pretty sure he's going to just duplicate his performance that he did two weeks ago on the Houston Texans. 
I expect so. Uh, he's getting to the point. I know that there are some real good cornerbacks like a Marshawn Lattimore last week, probably Stephon Gilmore from New England, Tredavious White. There are some really good cornerbacks who him as a rookie, they're, they're able to take him out of his game a little bit through film study and just learning what he's good at right now. But he's starting to put more and more together into his tool bag. And I think that you know within like a year or two, uh, you're going to have to, as a division opponent, draft a cornerback specifically to deal with him because of how talented he is. So really excited for his potential going forward. And the best thing about it is Ryan Tannehill is the QB that was able to unlock all of Yep, they QB. have chemistry, man. They get it together. And if I'm the Titans organization, no matter what, you definitely have to bring him back because if he's this dynamic in a sample size, no real mm-hmm. offseason with Tannehill, right. imagine what he could do in an offseason, getting chemistry, getting those extra catches out after practice mm-hmm. an entire year. This Tennessee Titan team could have been totally different, could be where we are, and maybe even uh, better. If I know. That's Tannehill. the unanswered question of the season. But Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, and A.J. Brown together is a trio that they have to keep together. This they is the best to. offense the Titans have had in literally, like, I mean, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. I they haven't had an offense like this in as long as I could remember. Maybe numbers-wise they have, but how it feels to watch this team on a week-to-week basis, it hasn't been like this since since I can remember the, the Steve McNair teams. Yeah, and you, I'm glad you brought up the Titans have always had a nice receiver. He's good. He's okay. Yeah, he'll give you maybe one yeah. whole year nice. because of yeah. the era we're playing in. But they've always been based right. on running the ball, running mm-hmm. the ball, running the ball. Yes. And defense. For 20 years. Now is really, really special. Yep. I have a question before we got out of here. Who is going to be the most important Titan come Sunday? Is it Mike Vrabel, the head coach? Or will it be Ryan Tannehill? It it might be Bill O'Brien, the Texans head coach, whether or not he plays his starters or not. But if um if the Texans kind of go with the route of rest and some guys as I expect them to do, I don't want to get too complicated here. Derrick Henry's back in the lineup. Feed the man. It it doesn't matter what his hamstring injury is. If we don't win this game, everybody's going home and everybody's resting for as long as they need. So <laughs> give that man the ball 20, 25 times, whatever it takes. Tell the offensive line, if you don't block, you're walking home. Derrick Henry has to dominate this game. 100, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Don't get cute. Don't try to do crazy stuff in the red zone, like throw slants to the third string tight end. Not saying that I hated that play call, but just run the ball. Just run the dang ball. That's that's all it comes down to. I'm not getting too complicated, as I mentioned in my game preview at the beginning of my show. Just run the ball, Titans. Stop the Texans from running the ball because I don't think they'll be playing all their starters all game. So if you stop the run, you'll be all right. But that's the number one thing. I, I try to go with a little more, you know, insightful uh, X factors and things like that. But this game is simple. You got to rely on the beast who you rested for a week. That's why you rested him, right? So yeah. that he could take you to the playoffs and you could ride him in when it matters the most. He's he's the beast. His first Pro Bowl, his best season to date. He's the king. So crown him. Score predictions for Sunday's game. Uh, I am going to say 28 to 13 Titans. Ooh. But not because the Texans are bad. I think if you guys played your starters, it you know we might lose again. But I think the starters only play a quarter, probably none. Honestly, I think it'll be none. Deshaun Watson said he doesn't know if he's going to play or not. And I'm sorry, if he was playing, he would know that he was playing. I don't know if he's just playing some mental game. But 
Yeah, 28-13, the Titans beat the Texans JV team. I'm going to go 17-10, Tennessee gets in. Okay. And um, I don't. I truly don't believe that the Texans starters will be playing. Probably all of them will not be playing. But I'm going to go with 21 to 10. Titans get in, and I, I want to see you guys in the playoffs. So I'm going to say that crazy scenario, that long crazy scenario, is going to happen. Yeah, that's what I've been preaching all week. I mean, I know that there are people who don't who want their team in or but if you're not a fan of the Raiders or the Steelers, how in the world could you want either of those teams in over the Titans just from an NFL viewing standpoint? Like it it really doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> I appreciate that you guys are keeping it real like that. Like, hey, nobody wants to watch those teams in. So nobody. Listen, Oakland is not going to be in Oakland next year. And this isn't the NBA where you get a farewell tour. No, you should have stayed your ass in Oakland. You chose to go to Vegas. Nobody cares you're not going to get in. For the Steelers, let's be honest, as great of a job, Tomlin. And this may be, if not, his best coaching season of all time. If they would have made the playoffs, he would have won coach of the year, I think. Yes, I think so. And I hate that, you know, how the, how the season going to end up with him. But you won games with Mason Rudolph, who's terrible. Yeah. Doug Hodges, who's terrible. Doug, who? Uh, Doug, Doug Devlin, what is his name? It's See? Devlin Hodges, but yeah, Doug Hodges, I think it's probably going <laughs> to stick with him. But they're both career backups. Neither of those guys are going to be any good or anything like that. They're not going to be anything to write home about. So, And you've won games with him, and I get it. And Juju Smith who went from a, a spectacular year. Now he's like a third-string receiver. Nobody wants to see the Steelers in the playoffs. Nobody wants to see the Raiders in the playoffs. I think for the NFL standpoint, for for viewings, for ratings, and just for some good football, the Titans are the way to go. Yep, I agree. Well, guys, that was a great episode, man. We took it to the wire. Uh, I I really like talking to you guys. Glad we're in the same division and we can do this twice a year. Hopefully, maybe there's a chance we talk again in the playoffs, whether the Titans win or lose. Hopefully, we both advance and maybe can see each other again. But either way, hopefully we're both in and it's been a pretty fun season. So I've appreciated talking to you guys. Look forward to next year as well. Same here, man. Yes, sir. Thanks, Tyler. Song of the AFC South and our playoff picture preview has been watered down to the only three games that matter to the Titans whatsoever. So obviously, we're all just hoping for a Titans win, and I don't think it'll feel as good unless they do get that win. 8-8 eight and eight and backing into the playoffs just won't feel right. So... I hope the Titans win the game, but we need to cover all avenues of what we should be rooting for just in case. Because even if the Titans lose, I'd still rather have the Titans in the playoffs than not. So, especially when it comes to the other teams that are possible, like the Raiders and the Steelers. So, we need the Titans in no matter what happens. So, let's talk about what it would take for that to happen. The first game, and I think the most important game for the Titans that I want to focus on, is the Kansas City Chiefs going up against 
the LA Chargers. Now, the Chiefs are at home. They're nine-point favorites in this game. The Chiefs still have something to play for. If the Chiefs win this game and the Patriots lose their game, the Chiefs would have the tiebreaker over the Patriots due to AFC record and head-to-head, and then the Chiefs would be the number two seed and secure a bye. So there's no reason for the Chiefs to go out there and not try to win this game. If the Chiefs do win, as they are favorites to do, well, then that would probably persuade head coach of the Texans, Bill O'Brien, to not play his starters, which de facto, you would think, helps the Titans make the playoffs as well. So you got to be rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs in this game to go ahead, win at home against a, a Chargers team that's just blown out of the water right now, and help the Titans out for once here. You know, Kansas City didn't beat the Texans earlier in the year, and that really hurt the Titans' chances at winning the division. So hopefully Kansas City can do their job for the Titans just once here, help us out, and secure a victory and incentivize the Texans to go ahead and sit their starters. Now, let's go down the darkest timeline here. Let's say the Titans lose to the Texans, regardless of who they put out there. Well, now we're looking at the Steelers. The Steelers are going up against the Ravens. They're probably going to be seeing a JV version of the Ravens. I still, still at this moment in time, think that the Ravens will win that game despite being two-point underdogs at home. Like I mentioned earlier about the Texans, the Ravens may be playing their JV team. They probably won't have Lamar Jackson, won't have Lamar Ingram, won't have Marshall Yonda, but but I still think that the JV or watered-down version of the Ravens is better than this version of the Steelers with Duck Hodges at quarterback. So I am hoping and we should all be rooting for Baltimore to still win that game. Moving to the last game, remember, if this... The Titans do lose and the Steelers lose, then they need the Colts to lose for the Titans to still make the playoffs. The Colts are three and a half point favorites in this game playing at Jacksonville. Now, it feels really gross to even consider rooting for Jacksonville, and I'm certainly hoping it doesn't come down to any of this, but unfortunately, we need Jacksonville to win that game. I mean, I don't want Jacksonville feeling any kind of positive momentum at all, but I would certainly rather have the Titans make the playoffs than the Titans not make the playoffs and the Jaguars lose. So I like the Titans a lot more than I hate the Jaguars, even if I hate the Jaguars quite a bit. Either way, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Titans jam-packed 50-some minute episode to get you guys ready for the biggest game of the year. We did our game preview and our key players to the game in our first segment. We did our crossover conversation with Cody and John in segment two and three from the Locked On Texans podcast. Appreciate those guys. And then we rounded out our show in a fourth segment of Song of the AFC South and our playoff picture preview to get ready for all the other games that matter to the Titans this weekend. It has been a blast this holiday week covering everything with you guys. I can't wait to come back on Monday and break everything down with you. As I said, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.
for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.